Hi, you're listening to Manifest a Future. This is going to be our last one for a while. But it's a good one if you like to laugh. bodily function that like happens well i know that the medically they have like a really weird terminology for like laughter do they yeah it's like all kinds of big medical jargon things because it's describing a person medically so your your mouth is gaped open your lungs are convulsing and stuff yeah and you can have like diaphragmatic laughter too where you like big belly laughs i've heard that it's like a form of relief Sure. Yeah, they say that when you're laughing, you're not, you know, doing your fight or flight. You know, yeah. you're actually able to distract yourself. But I think it's a form of relief overall. Yeah, I remember in prep we were talking about uh, using laughter to relieve pain or to avoid or like through to yeah. process shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's shock or just like coping with anxiety, like high function, high functioning social anxiety. Like I laugh almost after every statement that I make, and then it's. It's not a fake laughter. It's just like innately a part of how I've kind of like just gone along in social settings. So it can be like an analgesic or a buffer or. Yeah, and like laughter is contagious, you know, like it's something people don't really think about, I guess, but you know, it's easier to laugh if someone else is laughing. That's like why comedians normally open with something they know is gonna at least get the crowd to chuckle. So you just gotta break the ice on that. And, like, even, so we went to the Paranormal Circus the other day, and they were, like, trying to hype people up. And I'm always hype. <laughs> you don't have to have a hype guy for me. But, like, I was just thinking about it, and I was like, you know, at any type of event, you've got, like, you know, that person that's, like, trying to elevate the energy mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and do that stuff. And then, of course, there's some comedy that was thrown in there. So it was just really interesting, kind of, like, the, the group energy of, like, when people are at a place to laugh or... Um, you know, have fun. What's weird is that you can do that to people. Like, you can coach a room into having more fun or getting, you know, more into laugh, like, more into it and laughing more. That's so strange. It's just by introducing the concept of, like, you could be laughing and smiling now. Really, that's what it is. It's a bar suggestion. Don't want to do that. Do that. And everybody's like, oh, I would like to laugh more. Look, why did I do that? Snap back to reality. The audience is primed for it. So, like, if you're at a comedy club, everyone there is there to laugh. Yeah, don't they like so. make it really cold too? So like you're jittery or shivery, mm-hmm. and it's easier you're to laugh from that. Yeah, so oh. that's easier to. And then you also want people packed in because laughter is like inherently intimate, right? Like it's yeah. something that people giggle and share and stuff. So you associate laughter with you know closeness and bonding and things. You know, if you can make a sale. Often, like, a better way to do it is to use humor, you know, get the other person laughing. Mm-hmm. And if someone is laughing with you or at a joke you tell, it makes them think better of you or think yeah, better like, of you. Yeah, like, breaks down walls, breaks the ice, it creates some connection and um, trust. 
when you know, typically joking with people you trust that same yeah. form of relief so yeah that's another um good question is why do we laugh more around people that we like mm-hmm. or are attracted to and prep we talked about if it's somebody you're attracted to sometimes you can share a laugh to kind of pass good vibes mm-hmm. amongst each other i feel like there's a level where the you know the guards lowered mm-hmm. definitely well, even, like, your eyes squint a little or can, and, like, somebody can whack you. <laughs> they can what? But, like, it's just a literal example of, like, safety, right? But, like, if you're laughing, your eyes, and you know, you're not going to oh. be, like, focused or fight or flight like you was saying earlier. Yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, if you're laughing, you can, if someone's laughing, you might, you could bop them in the face easier because <laughs> their eyes are closed. <laughs> I was thinking, like, a cat. <laughs> She's laughing. Hurry, bop her in the face. <laughs> Exactly. Try keeping them in line. Oh my goodness, no. (laughs) Oh yeah, making people feel more comfortable too. So if it's an awkward situation and you want to ease it, you can you can giggle yourself. You don't necessarily have to make them laugh, right? You could be laughing more at their jokes or laughing at situational things or yourself, and it kind of that also kind of makes people feel more at ease. Yeah, and it also like opens up. Uh, your mind to other perspectives. Interesting. Because like humor and laughter are mostly based around you feeling empathy or perceiving things differently, right? So like slapstick humor is the lowest form of humor, not because it's particularly unintelligent, but because almost everyone in the world can get it regardless of their language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because all humans can relate to pain and anguish right like you, you see america's funniest videos yeah. a lot of them are not funny like they're, it's like ooh, that really hurts like when the three stooges do it you know oh it's the three stooges and it's like three mm-hmm. minutes but... of people hitting their balls yeah we're like... making like huge messes i remember one of my mentors from back home would say one of his ex-wives couldn't watch three stooges because every time they would make a huge mess she was like physically pained by thinking about cleaning it up oh my gosh <laughs> Wow, that's some anxiety there. <laughs> um, and babies. Like, sometimes babies will just make themselves laugh just to, like, fuck with you or just whatever. Like, I've seen babies just kind of be chilling and be funny. like, <laughs> And then, but because they get attention from it. <laughs> they can do it. Yeah. yeah. And so for ba- a lot of babies, like, laugh is, you know, the first form of, like, communication, really. And people love making babies laugh. Yeah. That's, like, one of the first things they do. Yeah. And they, they get that face and they're like, <laughs> Got into the well, it's interesting, too, that there's laughter among animals, you know, little oh, right. babies. Animals have laughter, like... Hey, yeah, we, we marked down a couple animals that we had thought of, like donkeys, right? Mm-hmm. Donkeys definitely laugh. 100%. Monkeys. Monkeys. Dogs, they've seen it in mice and studied it in mice. So most mammals, then? Um, I don't know. Probably I've never, seen a, likely, I've never yeah, seen a dog dolphins. laugh. Have you seen a dog laugh? Not immediately. But... I've seen them smile or be, like, happy. Mm-hmm. Or excited, but never, never. I wonder what it is has to be about a species. A laughing dog. That would be cool. For the, yeah, or a cat. Never if you had like a cat. dog that instead of barking, it laughed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I wonder what <laughs> makes like I, some species laugh and some not. Don't, don't Did we say dolphins? Dolphins. Don't they laugh? They or? giggle, but yeah. Giggle, yeah. It's mostly just echolocation noises, and we perceive it as laughing. Sure. I mean, but they those bastards always look like they're smiling, though. Yeah, well, they're hungry. <laughs> They're hungry, so they. What's that mean? I mean, they got a good life. You know, they live in the sea. They eat fish all day. They kill sharks for sport. Like, you know, it's a good life. They seem happy because their mouth is open. Oh yeah, 
They do. Like you've seen them like do the the yeah. stunts, yeah, do stunts and stuff. And really, yeah, it's just for fun. I really want to make a dolphin noise, but I won't. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, what are, I know, like one of those dolphins. I'll try. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about is King of the Hill, where Piggy gets assaulted by his dolphin. I'm thinking about Ace Ventura. When Ace Ventura. Yeah. Okay. So bad. Don't them, do they have laughter in sign language or is it just laughing? Yes, remember? <laughs> what was it? That means laughter? Yeah, means yeah you don't remember that? Um, yeah. <laughs> Why, what, what, should I? I thought I was doing, I didn't know what it was and when I thought you, but maybe you didn't see it. Maybe not. Yeah. But she was just like doing like the haha, and then like I was laughing my ass off and ended up, what's so funny? <laughs> and like, oh, it means come here. Come hither, yeah. So it doesn't mean laughter. Oh, it does mean laughter, yeah, but I was trying to like help them. Yeah, it looks like you're... So is it more like an LOL, spot. like ha-ha, as opposed to like I'm laughing? She presented it as like ha-ha, ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah, it probably means ha-ha, yeah. Because like she, like she was doing... Because it's H-A, like right? So it's not really like... I think that it's kind of It's different. probably sarcastically used. Well, I'm sure there's definitely... They're for ASL. There's definitely like a standard one, but I'm sure there are all kinds of like kind of colloquial... And terms. Well, if you're laughing, you can kind of just see it. I just learned in ASL that people right. have sign names. Like, I didn't even uh-huh. know that was a thing. Well, that makes sense. Language. But LOL is kind of its own category of thing, too, because a lot of times we aren't actually laughing when we use it. I mean, I generally am not. Yeah. It's one of the biggest lies ever. <laughs> I mean, it's, but it's also like a great way to Casually. communicate like that something is meant to be a joke, right? Right. Or right. Or they're not taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I like to use walls. validate that I heard you attempt to make a joke. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. so. Well, but if, if, you know, you're talking, if someone over text, I mean, there's no, we don't have a font yeah. for sarcasm yet. So. For sure. And that, that already so much of the tone's eradicated. Yeah. And that's why people use emojis and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Now it's all about the memes. Right. Meme games. GIFs. Very true. It is interesting how we've gone to start expressing humor through GIFs and memes in that kind of way as, as it's progressed. Yeah, it seems to communicate more. Mm-hmm. A picture's worth a thousand words, they say. Right? Right. So. Yeah, you can have all, all kinds of meanings in a meme when you send it. And how long Very does it get? Like six seconds? Yeah. Three seconds? So yeah. That's a lot of meanings that you can pack in there. Yeah, Ooh. very true. So well, even yeah. like all the standard memes we're familiar with, it's just like a branded emotion or feeling, and then just changing the text out. Now we got so. NTFs, so we could do like <laughs> NFTs. NFTs, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking. I got just like so. Yeah, you're gonna get rich, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Make make all the monies. So that would be an ideal joke format, because then like someone would pay you a bunch of money and then you could just give them like a pile of shit <laughs> and that would be the joke yeah. like, I'm pretty know. sure it's a way to, to traffic drugs oh, just I'm like I'm almost is. certain that yeah. there's definitely people doing that with it because I've seen those things that a lot of them aren't attracted, attractive those NFTs yeah. there's yeah. pixelated craps and it's like that sold for three million dollars mm-hmm. mm-hmm. okay yeah exactly <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> now all the celebrities are getting taking advantage of it, making their own NFTs. Yeah. yeah. Just smart. Yeah. NFTs, guys. There are different types of laughter, too, right? Which we kind of talked about. What was that one that we mentioned? Gefault. Yeah. So, like, there's snickers, there's and chuckles, even something giggles. I didn't think about until you said there were a bunch of words for it, which made me think of, like, religion and culture. Something I just thought about was, like, there are a lot of cultures where, like, covering the mouth 
is like, polite, yeah. yeah, polite or like required of women or for modesty or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so some people, like in some cultures, you know, like if a woman was to like emote in any way, like laughter, like it would be expected that, you know, she would cover that, that expression. Yeah. That's where we messed up. We've never had that one in place. We should have had that one in place. How do you like flip-flops? <laughs> <laughs> I like them a lot. I wear them all the time. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, it is It is funny, though, how everyone has different things that are, are humorous over time. Like, you you look back at, like, some of the old comedians' stuff, and you're like, this stuff's just not that funny. Mm-hmm. But it, at the time, it was, like, cutting edge. Absolutely. You know? And no one, like, uh, like George Carlin, mm-hmm. like, his whole bit about the things you can't say in showbiz, like, the seven words or whatever, like, that was killer. Like, people, I mean, he crushed. He sold, you know, out at, like, all kinds of places. And way, way before that, like, 20 years prior to him having that, he was a stand-up comedian on, like, you know, these really square shows, and he was just saying one-liners and stuff, and he was still... One of the top people in the business, you know, it's pretty crazy. Interesting what ages, because there's so much comedy from the past that wouldn't last at all today. They'd get canceled right. so fast. Oh, yeah. You look at movies like, you know, Blazing Saddles or Airplane, right. you know, like that wouldn't last for a second. No, they would They would even make it to the, the producer. They wouldn't even get a chance to bet on it. So. Right. And, you know, who knows how many, like, zany, crazy, cool movies that we're missing out on because someone wasn't willing to you know, bet that it would do well, right? I mean, that's what, like, why Mel Brooks was so well-respected in Hollywood is because he, all of his movies did pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. I think he only had a couple that were considered, quote-unquote, flops, but He's almost like the Will stuff. Ferrell of that time. Yeah, like, but he did more than Will Ferrell's ever done. I mean, he's... Well, yeah, but I'm saying, all. like, as it relates to, like the kind of a, a quirky vision or a perception right. of humor and a certain brand of it and then just really committing to that and replicating it over and over. Yeah. And I I think that, um, it, like, at the time, like, it wasn't appreciated in the way that it's valued now. Even I think that probably people our age would, like, I look to the early 2010s comedy. Like, I watched the other guys. Like, I loved... <laughs> watch that movie all the time I laugh harder every time I see it and I, I'll watch it like twice a year and I still just like I can't I keep <laughs> I watched it with you recently yeah. I could not stop laughing I knew everything that was gonna happen that's a good point like laughing to yourself like finding a movie and being like I need a good laugh yeah and like putting on something that you know is gonna make but you laugh but it also gets funnier somehow uh-huh. as I've watched it's it like a fine time. line yeah, we watched Walk Hard um, the other day I laughed the entire time I couldn't even watch the actual Johnny Cash movie because because the spoof movie was so funny, and it's like scene for scene, most of it. Yeah. Well, I like, too, how there's certain movies we've watched growing up, and there's so much humor embedded that we don't get as a kid, but we mm-hmm. get later on as we're adults. Yeah. yeah. And we're so like, you have to oh. learn. You have to learn humor. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think, like, DreamWorks, like, movies like Shrek, you know, you get, you know, older, and you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot of sexual themes that we're right. completely unaware over of. Over your head, as yeah. they say. But that's also an interesting expression that's over your head. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're like a child. You're too short. So. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be this tall to ride this ride. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Another interesting thing is, like, different styles of humor that people enjoy. Mm-hmm. We all kind of have our unique thing yeah. that we gravitate towards. Yeah. Mighty Python does it for me, though. The Holy Grail. I could probably recite the entire movie like verbatim. And I can't do so dry. Like I need. Oh right. I need like some more. Like I, there. It's interesting because like I, there can be two shows that are similar, 
like on, well, I'll just say what they are, Trailer Park Boys and Letterkenny. Yeah. So for me, every time I watch Letterkenny, I'm like, I really appreciate Trailer Park Boys so much more and think it's so much funnier. And it's mm. not that I don't think Letterkenny's funny. It's just like drier humor than I like and I have to wait longer for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Trailer Park Boys is more, it's like, you know, similar. Easy giggles. Similar theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, I don't have to think hard or pay attention or follow the plot. Like it's just like mm-hmm. absurd things. And um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there's just always something over the top and you're just like, I kind of know these people in real life, I might be a little like this person in real life. <laughs> and then, but Charlie, it's, huh? it's just something absurd. Um, it's like a whole other topic. But yeah, so it's interesting because like, you know, sometimes the outlandish stuff is like, is just the humor or like the surprise. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. And then, yeah, like we were saying, there's different kinds of laughter, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's giggling, there's like, you know, malicious laughter where you're like oh, laughing yeah. at someone or, yeah. you know, taking over the world, maniacal, yeah, yeah. evil laughter. Like, Pinky in the brain. Yeah, <laughs> like, so like, you, there's like ways of defining people, like their personality comes through their laughter. Like my mom, every time I lost her in a crowd, I would just have to wait and then I would hear her laughing and it'd be like, oh yeah, that hyena over there, that's my, that's my mom. Like, you know, that's how I used to find my mom too in the, in the yeah. grocery store. Yeah, I think people's laughs are pretty distinct too. Yeah. yeah. Like just as, you know, distinct as a voice I'll post. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And like we were saying before, you can catch people's laughs, just like you yeah. can ca- catch people's accents if you're around them long enough. Well, and it's, it's interesting because even like when I haven't been around you for an extended period of time, I can, I still have picked up no laugh at different types of things that I laugh at and it's specifically things that you would think are funny. <laughs> she's she's done it a few times and I've been like, Whoa. <laughs> But I've done the same thing. I've done your giggles occasionally. Yeah. And I'm, it's like I feel like you're there with me a little bit. Just yeah. like it came through somehow. Aww. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's but also funny because I don't ever remember, like the only time I remember having like a brand specific laugh was with uh, one of my best friends from college. And she just laughed like so loud and over the top that like, it made mine seem like more conservative. And yeah. so like I in the like later years of our friendship, I would like laugh like she did when I was with her. And she like it was always like deepest belly. I don't know. It's just I guess because I was like kind of like emulating it or picking it up. But like I've never laughed like that ever in any other context. It's only been What sheepishly? You've never laughed sheepishly like that? No, like big, like really big the big laugh. Yeah. But you laugh big all the time. That's what I'm saying. It's like weird because yeah. it's just like a brand thing, uh, right? You don't so, laugh like she laughed when you laughed big is what you're saying. Correct. Okay. I only laughed like her and in that specific way, like when I was around her. Mm-hmm. And then this anyway, so in contrast, like I laugh like you when I'm not around you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It is strange how you can pick that up. And how it communicates different things, you know, the different sounds and, I guess, durations and... Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a fan of a sensible chuckle, you know. Sensible chuckle. That's a good one. Uh, there's a, I like, I, I don't know, the things I think that are funny, I found that a lot of other people don't find them as funny. Like, there's a really good show from Australia called Danger 5, mm-hmm. and it's very silly because it's, uh, like, a spoof 70s... 60s like spy thing that they're going after Hitler and um, but it's in like stereo with like Technicolor and or like you're watching the it has a lot of 
Assy McGee or something. Yeah, Assy McGee's another one. Like that's <laughs> they're just like so ridiculous. It's like okay, this is just totally ludicrous, and so you just enjoy it. Kind of like Archer or uh, South Park or something, you know. So normally that's for the realm of like cartoon and animation, and this is with people. So you have people acting like super straight in their role, but then what they're actually saying is like totally nonsense. Like a touch of cloth is making fun of um, like crime shows and stuff, and it has a you know, a, a battle-hardened, you know, detective who's an alcoholic whose wife has died mysteriously and it's the one case he couldn't solve. And, right. Satchical tropes. Yeah, and then, like, you know, there's this guy and he kills someone and his name's Crossbow and then he's graffitiing on the wall, I'm Crossbow, and it has a big arrow pointing to his head and they're like, hey, are you Crossbow? And he's like, no, it's not me. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's just really silly stuff, so... Well, I, I personally love cartoons because I think you could convey so much more humor in that medium. Right. Right. There's just so many situations that you could just and you, portray. Yeah, you like we totally were talking about it. celebrity deathmatch. Right. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was epic. <laughs> like they just go to the extreme, right. which you couldn't do. Right. You know, in the same way, without. Oh, there's going to be a Chris Rock and Will Smith episode, so you'd be totally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. You know, Definitely. Adult swims where it's at, guys. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think comedies are never taken as seriously as dramas, at least in the acting world for some reason, which I, I always thought um, was weird because comedy is so much more difficult like mm-hmm. to get people to laugh and to um, to express that, to, to bring joy to others. I mean, that's, that's a really hard thing to do. But that's also giving credit to artists, which isn't something that really our culture values as a, a core value, you know, like... That would be much further down on the list for a lot of people. I feel like uh, so like because people love to enjoy the art, right? Yeah. They love to enjoy the humor and the fun and this and that. But it's not really like the people that actually are the you know purveyors of of doing that. Like they don't actually get credit for it, in spite of the fact that like everyone wants to go to the comedy show, right? Like mm-hmm. or lots of people do, and they want to laugh and right. Well, it's that. interesting to me how many comedians like end up going to be actors anyways. Right. You know? Like, I mean, even you have, like, Bill Burr going into, movie, like, TV shows. Like, who would have seen that? Well, and I think, I think it's so, many, so much of the, like, it, for movies and TV stuff, at least it used to be this way. I don't know if it's still this way, but it was really down to who did you know, how mm-hmm. well did you know them, do they like you, right? Celebrities were older, like, they didn't have as yeah. much technology, social media, globalization. And now, like, you know, you have a successful podcast, I don't know, you know, and the next thing you know, boom, you could be somebody. You're Joe Rogan taking over the world. Right, yeah. Who would have thought Fear Factor? Right, the Fear Factor guy. And I think that just goes back to, like, um, kind of, like, how there's a collective brand of humor, right? Or, like, people, like, a lot of people just, you know, finding something to laugh at. Because the same people that, like, the outlandishness from um, his Fear Factor days, you know, then it was was the outlandishness in the WWE space. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, and then it's all of the excitement afterward. And so, like, yeah, of course there are going to be plenty of people that gravitate to that because over the years he's provided, you know, a lot of, like, just kind of the the big yelling and, you know, the excitement and, like, people like to be around that. The spectacle. That's one of the reasons why I get, you know, why companies like to have me is because they know that, like, um, I'm going to be, like, try to have, like, a upbeat demeanor as long as I'm not lying, you know. I won't do it dishonestly, but, like... Sure. Um, and that it's just something I enjoy because I personally benefit from it and, you know, 
people want to be around someone that's smiling and laughing and right. easygoing. Yeah, which goofy. brings me to another point. Is laughter attractive? Yeah, I mean, it's the most attractive thing, right? <laughs> right yeah. Everyone always says they want someone that can make them laugh. And... Uh-huh. Except for the one example that I shared in prep where there was a very nice woman that I did not select for a job because um, All right. of her la- the actual sound of her laugh. And it was so unfortunate because I, I really did not want to say the words out loud, but I could not have... I would have just been very anxious every time. Yeah, so, it was so yeah. loud and laughter can also be like obnoxious. <laughs> it cost you a job. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds. And she was of so like, nice. Um, she wrote thank you letters to everybody. Like, I just wanted to like formally apologize to her somehow. Well, there's but no, a like, Seinfeld episode about <laughs> yeah, there is. Over laughter. One of the girls I think had an obnoxious laughter, and then another didn't laugh, and she just said, "That's funny." Which is worse. But yeah, yeah, neither were, yeah. I guess, attractive. Yeah. I've definitely been on a date where a girl said that, and I was like, so does that mean she not think it's funny? Because normally they laugh Is she being one. serious? Yeah. Sarcastic? I can't well, tell. You guys ever just met someone that had no sense of humor at all? Oh, my gosh. Like, it's so it's painful. <laughs> those are it's definitely painful. NPCs. I feel yeah. like it's kind of a power play. Like, oh, I'm so intelligent. I'm above your humor. So I was I'm making not. jokes with strangers like that involves uh, medical information and they did not think it like they didn't laugh and I was really like kind of annoyed by it because like one one guy like um told uh, us you know oh come in here and each have a drink and only because he would have no way of knowing this I just yelled like I'm expecting <laughs> but like it was funny to me because like it's this big news that I'm just like sitting on and yeah. of course he didn't know and of course there was nothing wrong with him inviting me to the establishment he works at right like he's trying to recruit new customers and then I at, at the concert you know I thought this guy was going to tell me I couldn't sit on the stairs and then I made a joke and I thought it was funny and he like went and like <laughs> to the person he was standing next to and I was like oh like I think he wow. thought I was serious Huffed like that you how yeah like I don't think you have to know me no I'm pretty goofy yeah. and like if I'm gonna say something in like a brash way and bust out laughing maniacally but he just acted like I was you know like I, I reamed him or something <laughs> and I was like well clearly you didn't get the joke so I'll just let you think I'm you know queen or something yeah I, I saw that thing it was like somewhere out there someone remembers you because you're really weird and it's like, <laughs> I like yeah, that good. Cool. I like that so it's cool to be weird I think people shouldn't be afraid to let their freak flags fly well that's another good point like bringing up jobs laughter at work and how that can be seen in a political setting I mean it definitely makes a difference if the boss is laughing Everyone else should be laughing. Yeah, so, it's it's you know. very it's very hit or miss or like a very fine line because you don't want to laugh too much. Right, you don't want to yes laugh man. the wrong things. Right, right. You don't laugh too loud, too mousy. Like or like you can be like me and work in terminal illness and you oh, have right. to cope in all of these ways yeah. and like you know you're very close with your coworkers because you go through all these experiences that aren't normal yeah. for a lot of work environments. I feel and like there's a lot of dark humor there. Just well, to, there like, is, cope. and even like I had. Um, I like I had so many just isms or sayings that I would say and in that context like I would make a joke and it wasn't meant to be like some really dark or macabre thing or whatever and then I was like ooh or even just regular expressions sometimes like I'd be like oh yeah something's killing me or something's dead or I don't know whatever it was I'm wet behind the ears oh my (laughs) god 
My granddaddy, he was he was real funny because he grew up very, um, I guess, conservative, and he didn't know a lot of the slang uh, of the times, or he didn't make out like he did. And we were driving somewhere, and there was some foam on a hillside because they had, were doing something. I don't know what, but sure. there was foam on the hillside. And his words were, look at all that jism up on that hillside. Oh, and, no. And my grandmother was just boiled over laughing. You know, she could uh. barely breathe because she thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, and wow. I was like, I don't think it's jism, Grandpa. I think it's just foam. I think jism something else. Like, oh, close enough. Whatever. Yeah. This is the South. But I was like 12, so I, yeah. you know, I was fine. But it was, it was just funny to me that, you know, someone would say something like that and then not get that. Well, and it's interesting you bring up grandparents because, like, I think about it. And when I was a kid, I remember one of the things that stood out about my great-grandparents was, like, even though my great-grandfather would, like, laugh and smile, they were both pretty old. And I just remember thinking, like, not like they were robots or anything, but just, like, it was, like, my great-grandmother was just so, like, quiet into herself. And she kind of had her own, like, sense of humor that, as a kid, I didn't understand or wouldn't have made sense even if she had kind of revealed it more and I and it's just interesting because I just remember being like they don't really emote a lot you know <laughs> but like you know they were born in, during the great depression and they were from farm families and you know there wasn't a lot like, to laugh at right yeah I completely and like and so here I am like basically like amateur little stand-up comedian as a kid and always like getting on stages and singing and dancing and whatever and so I'm doing all that and my great-grandmother was just like oh me because oh, I was always yeah. trying to laugh, trying to get other people to laugh. Like, Well, that's another perspective, too. Like, how socially, quote-unquote, inappropriate can be for females to do things mm-hmm. like that. Call attention to themselves, you know, act outside of social norms, press the boundaries. Yeah, there's been Call attention times, to yourselves. Several like, times that I've been in a setting where I did nothing but laugh or be, you know, joyous in some way. And then somebody's condescendingly asked me if I was, like, manic or something. And I'm just like, or I wow. just have fun and a personality. Like, sorry that my, my laughter perturbs you. And also, laughing in restaurants has been a big problem for me. So there's some establishments I just don't like to go to. And Yeah, um, I almost got kicked out of, of a restaurant once because I was gig- I had the giggle fits. I was on no, no, nothing. I was just <laughs> high on life at Jim Spaghetti in Huntington, West Virginia with some friends from college. And Ooh, jump spaghetti. Yeah, it was it's delicious. It's kind of good. And um, had had cake pie. Had pie. It makes sense. Got nice. the giggle. If you know me, I get the giggle fits with sweets. Yeah, they like brought our check early and like kept coming by the table to be like, okay, you leave, you need to leave now. Like, get out, you youngins. Being too loud over doing here. Doing drugs. I mean, like, we, you're not tipping my section right now. We, had, <laughs> yeah. we had a little bit of that. Um, I mean, part of it might have been our music selection on the the uh, the sound machine, but um, there was a an older crew of folks that were playing poker, and we were playing um, table ping pong directly in front of them. It was just such a culture clash between the two tables and energies because they were all, you know, very serious. Oh, serious, and very, yeah. Like, this is our establishment, and we were playing this poker game, oh, no. and we're all like, hee. It was two very different dynamics. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, like I think, I think and we were like, the only people in there. Like there was no one else at the bar, and we were all directly we were all at the ta- two tables next to each other in yeah. the whole establishment. So wow. it was like one of those situations. But it was pretty funny. But then that forces everyone to interact with each other. Like, and, and that's something really nice about like humor and laughter is that it is inviting and it does break down barriers that otherwise you wouldn't get through. Like when you're talking to especially like the front desk people, uh, that job is super boring. 
So if you can make them have a laugh or a smile, they might help you out. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, what floor is this person on? Well, maybe they're not supposed to tell you that. But if you get them to laugh and you're like, oh, yeah, I need to see my friend Jim, Some they're like, oh, go ahead, go on up. Yeah, you know Jim. Okay, cool. And now you're now you're inside the building. Like, you know. Is this manipulation using laugh? I know. Yeah, well, of course. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Of course, with, yeah. the, with these two, we'd, we'd end up there. It depends, it depends on what your, your interest is, right? Like, if you just want to leave him a message, you're going to make sure that they get it to the right guy. Oh, you know? my goodness. I think women need to learn these things more to get ahead in life. Well, it might help. Well, you know, for, negotiations and everything. For like, a long yeah, it does. Time, it makes a difference. For a long time, and it's, it's become more socially acceptable to be a human and emote as a female. But, like, there's some recent um, situations or things that I've come across or thought about recently where, like, um, you know, 10 years ago, the talks around mental health and women and, you know, all that stuff was very different. Like, something like postpartum depression was like, you're a terrible person if you talk right. about having this. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, you know, because of social media and pop psychology and all of that, like, these are, like, people are like, oh, wow, I, I can actually be human. That doesn't make me insane. But, like, for so long, women, since the beginning of, you know, the oppression of women, it's been, like, if you're having a feeling, that's bad. If you're emoting, that's bad. If you're laughing, yeah, you're crazy. Just, yeah. You must not have a, a, you know, grasp on reality. And then I think that one of the one of the joys of becoming more mature as a woman is that, like, it's kind of, like, it's more acceptable to be open in that way. And because I, I remember when I was younger, I was like, okay, when I'm at the workplace in the cube environment, like, I can't laugh too loud or too often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I need to, like, present in a certain way and kind of be, like, the controlled chaos, <laughs> you know? Like, if I was going to be bubbly and be myself, I had to find a way to make that, like, comfortable for the people around me. And then as a proud and older, it does not come up on the list. It's not something I really spend a whole lot of time and energy on because I realized you know like environments where people aren't laughing or aren't open and free like that like but it's good to know your audience too I mean you don't want to be telling dick jokes to kids you know well that's a really far deviation from what I was talking about (laughs) well you know I mean it's it's like you know if you're if you're telling dead baby jokes to you know mothers or something or at all I just really wish that was a chapter that we had to skip take the Jew jokes to Israel right yeah well I mean the Jews they can they can deal with it all self deprecation goes a long way well that's another good point though some some inappropriate humor like that, how people enjoy the the taboo, the, the, ten, yeah, yeah. the tension, the taboo, mm-hmm. or like how pe- some people might laugh at a funeral, right? There, there are some, and then a, a lyric of a song, How's yeah. that laugh at a funeral? Can understand what yeah. you seem well. <laughs> la- I think, you know, laughing at a funeral is a, is a good way to like relieve your body of the stress of and the pain mm-hmm. and the misery of all that stuff. I mean, it can be really good medicine, mm-hmm. right? It's meant to be the best medicine after penicillin, so yeah, but everybody there is gonna look at you like yeah. you're a freak. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like disrespectful. you're disrespectful. Yeah, or you could sure. do it. You could do it after the funeral, like when everyone's hanging well, some out. Of, some people can't control it though. Right. It's just how they deal with the emotional well, turmoil or, I mean, or something. Well, some people deal with it, I guess. But yeah, I mean that's you know even when situations are really terrible, like Viktor Frankl in his book uh, *Man's Search for Meaning*, he had figured out. Oh yeah, I have that, that one actually. It's yeah, a real it's, teeny one. It's a good book. Yeah. yeah. Um, he figured out that. The way to make it through the camp was to find something to laugh at every day. Mm-hmm. And so he actually, uh, at one point, challenges his fellow uh, prisoners to find something funny every day. And it really... It's a good way a to difference. get through a tough time. Just yeah. find something to laugh at, even if it's yourself. Well, I mean, that's the last thing someone can take away is, like, mm-hmm. your ability to enjoy your life. 
wherever you are. And it's kind of a, I guess, a stoic notion, but it's still applicable. And that's probably contributes to why, you know, a higher percentage of uh, Jewish people are funny, right? Because, you know, all, all the non-funny ones died. You know? <laughs> so they, just, they didn't make it. They took things too seriously. They took life too seriously. They didn't make it. Yeah, they didn't laugh at the hardships of life. Like, you know. Well, another thing I think is interesting is, we, you know, we hear about all these, like, great comedians and how they're all depressed. And yeah. you know, there's a like, strong correlation with depression and humor. Mm-hmm. I think artistry in general. Like, mm-hmm. I think that, like, in... Um, and, like, one of the reasons why I think that arts aren't respected as a whole is because there's so many people that are apathetic. So, like, like me, I'm a little lazy. Like, I like to be friends with a lot of creatives, but I don't, like, personally, like, producing myself because I get, like, neurotic and stressed out. So things that I enjoy doing for fun and, you know, like, want to kind of bring to life, if, if it doesn't feel fun while I'm doing it, like, if, it, you know, I'm making it feel like a job or, you know, approaching it like a project manager like takes the joy out of it like wine and design I can do because it's just like you know no commitment mm-hmm. I tell the person in advance I don't care what it looks like or whatever and then and the um, wine helps to take the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, well actually I've never decisions. actually drank wine and done a wine and design well, so that's what we're doing tomorrow. I would <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do that I yeah. don't want to do it for a while um, sounds amazing but yeah it's and so, <laughs> so it's interesting because you know like um, all of those people that are apathetic and wouldn't be like bringing life to those types of like things are more than happy to benefit from it when they're around it you know mm-hmm. or or may even seek it out through a comedy show or you know who they're friends with anybody that's friends with has to like stand up to some degree like nobody would want to like spend a length of time around you if they like didn't appreciate that well know, i appreciate you degree. saying that i mean that's very sweet of you i mean yeah like and it was funny because even we were at the the bookstore over on hillsborough and the you went to say something in the conversation and she's like are you like a stand-up comedian or something? And it's just like your like like your sense of humor is so much a part of who you are that like even if you're not positioning to tell a joke or doing anything, like kind of how you even speak is yeah, I, th- I get that. Like that. People in my family, they always joked around and teased each other, and you know had had a lot of kidding going on. Like my grandfather had a men's clothing store. And one of the first things he would do to his new employees is he'd tell them to go get the skyhook. It's right next to the shelf stretcher. And uh, they'd have, they'd spend, some of them would spend all day yep. or all week looking oh for a gosh. shelf stretcher and a skyhook. Oh and everyone who worked there, of course, knew oh, for what sure. they were. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I think it's in the back. Oh, no, I think it's in the front. Oh, I think uh, <laughs> I think Tony has it over there. You should, you should ask Tony oh, about it. You know? And so he'd go and ask Tony. And then right. Tony would tell him, oh, no, Rick has it. He, he keeps it in his truck. And you it's just a big old joke. Like, it's pra- just a, it's big a practical joke, yeah. joke But right? it's, it's also a way of gauging you know, the intelligence and mm-hmm. the humor of your employee. Mm-hmm. You know, if this person never gets it, then, you know, maybe someone should tell them. <laughs> Where are the left-handed tongs? Right, yeah. Where are the left-handed <laughs> yeah. tongs? Yeah. I feel like that's notorious in restaurants. You right. Know, anyone that's new, they're like, go get the left-handed tongs or, you know, go get me three buckets of steam. Right, three <laughs> buckets of steam. There's an AutoZone on prank, and it's like some, I can't remember what it is. There's probably a few of them that go around, but... Like oh go get this this piece like this fluid. thing yeah yeah fluid yeah <laughs> and then, so we actually my friend her uh, one of my friends from college her husband did it to her and I had seen them on like you know videos of random people but it was funnier than when it when it was my friend because she was really mad about it <laughs> and she's like never will I ever go on air and run like that is a punishment forever for embarrassing me like <laughs> she didn't appreciate it and I was I was kind of trying to avoid bringing it up but something I can't stop thinking about is like Ellen DeGeneres I. 
you know, pranks a lot of her guests. And I I just, like, instinctively just always felt off about any representation that I saw of her. And I just personally didn't think that what she was doing was funny. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, after some information came out and became public... Then a bunch of people were like, huh, maybe maybe she's a little sadistic. And I'm like, y'all don't know this? She had an entire, like, um, like a game show where she's dropping people from high places even when they answer right. And, like, it's just, like, no, this is terrible. Like, she literally, like, tortures people for entertainment. But we as humans, there's something, like innately like you'll laugh even if it's messed up sometimes mm-hmm. whether it's uncomfortability well, it's the, or the shock of it or too, right? yeah or the yeah, shock the factor or yeah. whatever um but i but kim kardashian i walked off of the set because ellen degeneres like had a you know was trying to be like oh i'm gonna help you get over your arachnophobia here's a spider and da 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 and, uh. and kim kardashian was literally like she had respectfully asked her to stop so many times, being like, okay, I see what you're trying to do, but, like, this is not okay. Yeah. And then so when Ellen's like, ha, it's just fake, she – Kim Kardashian had already walked off set and was just like, bye forever. Yes. And, like, yeah. there was – and, like, the thing about it is, like, you know, some people – might not see why she had to do that or why I would be like, yes, that was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Ellen DeGeneres can go run in a field somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, like, the thing about it is, like, that's, that's like, a really, like, awful thing to do. Like, I want to willingly traumatize you because I know it's going to be funny and people laugh at it because it's messed up and, you know, like, all of that stuff. And it's, it's very nuanced. But I, I, I know that, like, a lot of people get passionate about, like, cancel culture, but I'm just glad that there are certain jokes that – are not as acceptable for people to make in public as they were before because some of them are not funny for people, right? Like, if you have arachnophobia and you're on public television and someone's trying to humiliate you with a spider... Like, that's disrespectful. And like, yeah, but if you're going on Ellen's show, you know something like that's going on. It doesn't. Happen. And see, again, you're, it's okay that you feel like that, yeah. but I don't think that there's any validity to that statement. That's just your opinion. Like, I think when somebody's asserting a boundary and it's disrespected on camera just I mean, that's to different. humiliate the them, fact that, that's what yeah, it was. Right. <laughs> you know? But, like, like, normally when she spooks her guests, they're kind of in on it or, like, she's purposely doing it and then the audience plays along yeah you know, but so nobody like that gets like disrespected right. or harassed like called it upon themselves by being somewhere right. you know like that's fine she could have found other jokes or other you she could have that would require like you know effort so. uh, there's definitely a boundary broken right you know there's definitely I think with humor like a point where you know and some people might not have a gauge for it where it's like hey this is funny versus like okay this is you know a bit much or this and humor's, is straight humor always pushes that boundary it's always looking right. for where that boundary lies because with everyone it's different yeah. well I mm-hmm. wonder when we first started making fun of people and like finding it humorous or pranking them at the beginning of time we used to do the coliseums I mean we used to watch and enjoy a lot of really messed up stuff like mm-hmm. people were, that was the comedy show at the time was like watching sending, Christians getting eaten by lions yeah, <laughs> sending people in and to get shredded by animals like people there's something innately like kind of corrupt about humans in that way like we like to perceive ourselves as these you know kind of like angelic beings where most of us are probably a little nice and you know some of us aren't but really like we laugh at messed up stuff sometimes. That reminds me of the... sucks to be that guy. Yeah. story like, who's that guy that got thrown in with the lions, but then he didn't get eaten? And they made him a saint lion. Daniel, yeah. So what they don't tell you is there's like a hundred other guys in that thing there, too. And the lions were all full, so they just didn't eat him. Well, that and not only that, but there's like a societal pressure to like join in and make fun of people if like a group of people are doing that. Well, especially if someone's an outcast, right, already, or... 
is like and that so, definitely goes to the beginning of time. Well, I think most people who pursue comedy or pursue mirth or humor or whatever, like they are already intrinsically on the edge of the core because you have to be on the edge to make fun of the core, like in a society. So like, you know, the white picket fence thing, mm-hmm. like Leave It to Beaver was wholesome comedy for the time because it was so relatable for so many people. Right? It was like the the yeah, that's good acceptable humor. And there was some funny parts probably somewhere in there, but like today we would look at it and be like, This show is so dry and so boring mm-hmm. and yet we still have shows like um what's that one that you like? The the one from the eighties with um, oh, I watched uh, the pilot married with children. Married with children. And oh my god! Yeah. Yes. yeah, but see, we it's think it's so timeless, but like right? in a hundred years or fifty years, it might be considered really out of taste, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of oh, sexism. a lot of it would be out of taste for well, sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, even now, right? And so, yeah. and then I mean, that was like forty years ago when this thing was made, right? So it's, it's crazy. you know, way in the past, right? And so now. What passes for humor now? I mean, kids today should be the funniest. Every generation should be funnier than the one before because they have all the other stuff to look at and a you know cultivate humor at a much greater depth. Like when my parents were in school, like there was the movies, it was maybe like Mad Magazine, mm-hmm. but like humor and stuff. Like if if you didn't live in a city, like. Humor was watching Jim Bob wrestle a cow. Like, you know, that was, you know, throwing throwing rocks at people was, was humorous, right? You know, like, yeah. It's, it's strange cool. to think about how humor can change over time and yeah. evolve. But also another timing aspect of humor or comedy is the timing of your jokes. Like past yeah. or like during or past an event, how an appropriate time to wait or, you know. Or, or even the delivery of the joke, right? Mm-hmm. So like, that's the main, that's a whole other animal altogether is timing. But I knew a guy and... But why stuff, is that a thing? Why is timing like... Because it's just, even, it's just yeah. part of it. It's like the space between the words and the meaning that that holds. You know? but like, right? It's like all the nonverbal cues go a lot right. farther. You know, the nonverbal cues make, you know, a 9-11 joke much more vicious versus funny. You know, right. Or, or, or not. And like, to, there's, yeah. there's something I, I commonly quoted, like, you know, one-liner that we quote from, um, that you quote a lot from oh, yeah. when we went camping at that uh, area with like the little homes or whatever and um all right and sure. so Drew and I like quote something you said all the time and the reason why it was quit, so funny quit trying to get tr- quit trying to run away or something yeah like that. <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> those bruises. yeah <laughs> and so but like so you and I as recently as today talked about it twice and it, it, the reason why it was funny is because you said it and of all people that were in that region <laughs> for it to come out of your mouth at that moment that quickly and you say it so shyly um you know it was just like the primo of like funny factors it was, it was very under my breath and like it was great and that's what made it epic because yeah. it was just like it's not i was kind of like unsure if i should say <laughs> when you hear but when you hear like a maybe a different brand of humor for someone sometimes mm-hmm. it can really amplify how funny it is right. or you know how funny it feels Cause like whoa, if it was Drew that said that, you know, no one would laugh. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, "What are you doing, Drew? Yeah. Don't be, don't be doing that to her." Well, yeah, but then laughter as a disease, right? We mentioned that uh, too. Laughter is definitely yeah. a disease. It's con- it was considered at one point a form of hysteria, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like a 
mild moment of madness and then like everyone do people used to get like shocked because they laughed too much yeah they had electroshock therapy for hysterics and for women they would uh do all different kinds of things to them to get them to behave including well well, just imagine you you have (laughs) imagine you're like struggling you're trying to raise a bunch of kids um you haven't had much sleep you're kind of hysterical and you're laughing a lot and then somebody's like oh that person's crazy let's give him some electro let's give him some electro Shock therapy. Yeah. Well, and then, and then, like, you know, that requires, like, if you are somebody that's, like, more naturally bubbly, bubbly, that requires, like, all tons of energy to suppress yourself. Right. And then if you are yourself, you're, you know, penalized for it. And then it's, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Well, back then, I think one of the treatments was, like, they gave you, like, cocaine and then, like, they used a vibrator on the women and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yep. and cure hysteria. To cure hysteria. <laughs> I mean, if I was a woman and I found out that that was the Hysteria, I think I would become hysterical. Like I think I'd be like, oh gosh, I didn't know I have the case of the madness. Well, they were oh, so oppressed sexually too. Like right. it kind mm-hmm. of makes sense that that might be a need of and theirs it, at the and time. It might actually work for a brief period of time yeah. until next day when you need to go see them again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for my appointment. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for my got, appointment. Got the hysteria. <laughs> I got the so. hysteria. You know. Doctors got what cures me, you know, so. One, one thing I'd be curious about is how, like, humor translates culturally. Like, you know, are there people in, like, you know, North Korea that are cracking jokes or, you know, can't say I've ever met someone, you know. I've definitely had an exchange of humor without speaking with someone because they spoke a different language. Oh, yeah. Kind of like charades yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it was like charades, mm-hmm. but he was an older man, and he was asking me, uh, I was in Kenya and I was with a group of people, and. He was asking me which girl I liked or was into, and I was trying to convey that my girlfriend was on the other side of the ocean, so I wasn't interested in any of the girls, and he was just like, psh, I would take that one, that one. <laughs> but he also had, like, eight wives and, like, right. 50 kids, yeah, like, totally you know, different. so, and uh, he just, but we, we had, like, a whole humorous thing, and then uh, at one point, he was bald, and it was, you know, real hot out and bright, and... Uh, he was kind of like, I had a hat on, and so I let him have my hat, like, to use, because it was hot, and I had a mop of hair. I didn't care. And uh, he thought that was real nice. And then I remembered from uh, Dancing with Wolves, you know, a similar situation. I was like, man, I think this guy might have thought that I just gave him my hat. I need to I need to get my hat back, because I like that hat. So I had a pair of binoculars, and at the end of the day, I traded him my binoculars for my hat back. And then he was like, oh, yeah, this is great, like binoculars. Mm -hmm. Now I can get a hat anywhere, but binoculars, that's nice. You know, that's a nice gift. And uh, so he actually sent something to me later before I left through, like, one of his sons or something. And word that I had done that traveled across the whole village area. Mm -hmm. And then everyone knew that I had done that for him. And people were like, oh, good job. You know, Mazungu, like you, you did, you, you treated him like a human being. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, just like, wanted the hat back. Yeah, I just wanted the hat back. But like, you know, the whole time I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I didn't know I'd made friends with so many people all of a sudden. But because that man was really well respected in the community, mm-hmm. he spoke well of me to everyone else because he liked me because I gave him binoculars. Mm-hmm. And so, and then he was just. 
he was singing praises of me without me being there. And right. everyone was like, well, I got to go meet this guy. Where's he, where's he at? And you're humorously just like, I just want my hat. Like, well, and, <laughs> so, yeah. and so there, this is kind of random, but there's something that I've been kind of like thinking on. And I don't know if it's just because like I worked in a line of work where I was like specifically only really talking to people and just telling a lot of jokes to pass the time and, you know, build rapport and all of that. I tell so many, like, jokes without trying to just by, like, my word selection and things like that. And sometimes I'll, I'll stop because I'm like, oh, God. I, like, that was why three puns in a row. I got yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> never intentional. It's, like, it's almost like the commitment is so deep, runs so deep to, you know, cultivate, like, a, a lifestyle of humor and joy. And so, like, I'll be getting on my own nerves with <laughs> some of the puns that come out. And I'm just, like... I'm not doing this on purpose. This I get the, I get into the same way where I like find humor in my own humor, like at myself, and I'll giggle at myself, and then I'll be like, oh, maybe this other person isn't enjoying this as much as I am. <laughs> maybe I should check in with reality and make sure that I'm not annoying them. I never. It's funny because people in the past have um, guessed that I would do something like stand up comedy or like it, and and well, I think my answer probably different now. Um, but like at the time I was like, are you kidding? That's like my definition of a nightmare. Like I've probably had actual nightmares my entire life about things like that. Like I would never want to be someone that was like expected to be funny. Yeah. But if people laugh at me, cool. I don't care. You know, like it's I, think the pressure. Not, I think you're very funny. Well, it's cause you have a warped sense of humor too. <laughs> you're a little biased. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like I don't, I would never want to be like responsible or try to, facilitate that for somebody like mm-hmm. if if somebody doesn't think I'm funny I, I think it's funnier I'm gonna laugh at that <laughs> like, uh, I think it's interesting how some people just are naturally funny like it's just almost innate oh, right. like just on the cusp ready like witty yeah I've always I've always like I guess been kind of the class clown I was always sent to the back of the classroom I don't know if that was because I was a class clown or not but they always put me in the back or in the front but always like on my own because my I would always want to interact with everyone rather than pay attention to the school stuff. I can see that. So <laughs> it was very I was just very bored in school. So humor was a way that I could like I guess garner some attention, but also it forced other people to like me. You know, because if people are laughing at like with you, they can't continue their train of thought kind of thing sometimes humor is not an option i mean you right. don't you know you're like you might try to withhold but you're gonna laugh naturally right you know and i remember reading something they say that humor like when you're telling jokes it's you know your brain you, you're using a part of your brain that does critical thinking right like you don't have time to think about whether something's funny it's like you feel it, you laugh before you can even compute it almost mm-hmm. well and it's interesting because like i i was just thinking about superlatives and like high school yearbooks when you said class clown and like there was a guy who went to my high school that his senior year he got class clown and like three or four other superlatives which was insane because it's a very small high school like 150 people graduating at a time if you're lucky and that it actually like I graduated with um, 130 other people and that had gone down like 60 since the beginning of the school year so it's not a big school but he got like four superlatives and essentially because he was a big goofy guy like he was just known for being like kind of like the renaissance man of like you know the cult of personality leave some ladies for and the then, rest of us well <laughs> unfortunately um, you know he was a sad sensitive soul and then just like graduated from high school to become a, a lifelong drug addict and like I and kind of goes back to like the depression and comedy humor thing um how there there can be a, a correlation there it 
but yeah, like he, I've, I've never seen anybody get four superlatives. Like there's probably like five or six of them total. <laughs> he got like almost all of them, but it's because he was goofy and funny. And so yeah. they're like, yo, you're most likely to do this, most likely to do that. Well, and he's also on a lot of people's minds, right? Like if you think about it, if you're making people laugh a lot, people are going to want to hang out with you. So it's almost like doing you. drugs because, yeah. I mean, essentially it's having a similar... Yeah, like, well, you're getting endorphins, chemical, right? Yeah. yeah. Dopamine and endorphins and stuff. So, I mean, you feel good. That person makes you feel good, you know. Oh, it's always fun to hang out with so-and-so because they, they're they just funny. So you just always invite them out to things, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then next thing you know, that person is, you know, on stage or something. Who knows, right? Sure, Kids that's why they stuff. used to, like, just invite jokers to party, like big parties, right? Right, just yeah. have a joker in the corner, like, roaming yeah. around. And right, the people a jester. Off. And, like, the yeah, jesters were yeah. often allowed to say things that other people wouldn't be allowed to say, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, like, one king... He got upset at the joke, the jester, and told him, "All right, you're gonna die tomorrow. I'm gonna kill you, but you get to pick the way you die." And the jester was taken off. And then the next day, he said, "All right, jester, how will you die?" He says, uh, "Old and in my bed." And the king laughed and said, "All right, that's how you die." <laughs> so, yeah, the king liked. He still liked his jester enough to like let him live, but rape. You know, so that's, you know, that's pretty clever, like, to be able to think of that. And it, I think it's interesting, too, like, the history of Jester. Like, Jester was able to insult the king and get away with it. Yeah, similar with Village Idiot, right? You know, right. Similar. Well, I think there's a level of, like, through humor, through comedy, like, you know, in some sense, comedians are kind of like modern-day philosophers. Right. Right. And, but instead of taking a serious approach like Plato or Aristotle, they're looking at it kind of, you know, a little curvier, like, thinking from the inverse side. Yeah. You know, finding humor, but I think it's interesting how it's transcended, you know, because I think basically with this entire culture generation of people getting offended, I think there's a level where that's necessary. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Not not to offend people, but, you know, I think, you know, sp- speaking truth, they might... Well, I think it's okay for people to be offended, but right. they should recognize that humor and, um, like, all emotional states should pass. You mm-hmm. shouldn't hold on to them, right? So, like... If you were constantly laughing, that's hysteria, right? If you're laughing at a joke, it's because you have a sense of humor, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're so wound up that any and everything upsets you, then... Yeah, you know. but, I mean, that's so subjective. Like, it is. It's so subjective. Like, people I never said think, it wasn't. Uh, there is a, I believe that there is a fallacy in how people perceive comedy that sacrifices can and should be made. And I think that if something is actually funny or actually witty, you're very rarely going to run into that. And, like, um, something I always uh, think back to is the roast of Charlie Sheen from 2012. And there was a female comedian who made a really terrible comment to somebody else. And I'll never forgive her for that. I'll never respect her for that. I don't care that it was a roast. She told Steve-O. It's Amy, whatever her name is, the blonde chick. She told Steve-O that... you know, how does it feel to know that everyone in the world wish you died instead of your best friend? Because Ryan Dunn had passed the year before that. And I have, and that was the first time I ever saw that woman. And like, I know that, you know, female comedians have different pressure to, you know, they're supposed to come across this way, but not too much this and be appealing that way. And, you know, be outlandish in that way. And it's not necessarily just have sexual jokes. They have to have other jokes. Yeah. Like I'll never forgive her for that or just, you know, give, quote-unquote comedy a permission slip because the reality is a lot of people just say things that aren't 
funny or that like, only they, they like, think are funny. Yeah, and they, they think that just because they delivered it, it should be accepted. Yeah, they grab for the shock factor. Yeah. And I mean, it's that's like, definitely a shock factor. It's like, oh, it's just a roast. That will never fly in my book. Like, I'll never be able to look at that woman without thinking about his, because the camera panned to Steve-O. Mm-hmm. And, Naturally, yeah. And, like, you know, looking Man. at his, like, look on her face. face. yeah. And she was actually in a good movie. It's Goldie Hawn, and I enjoyed it. It's the only thing I've ever watched her in that I liked. Um, she was in a good movie. Uh, I think there's a lot of emotions that are masked through jokes or humor. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. like, oh, Deflection. I was joking, or, you know. Oh, yeah. I hate those. Oh, when they, like, give just, you a stab. That's called gaslighting, Mike. <laughs> 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 there's no such thing as gaslighting. That's, that's totally made up. That's something only crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. That was the deepest belly laugh what? I've had today. <laughs> like, give you a subtle jab and be like, oh, that's a joke. Don't you yeah. have a sense of humor? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, there's somebody who routinely interacts with me that way, and I'm, I'm very open. I, you know, when that person comes up in conversation, that, like, I, I appreciate that that person has whatever is inside of them that's motivating them to interact with me in that way. But there are only but so many times that I can have somebody like disrespectfully interacting with me Mm -hmm. and like without just saying like, look, you got to figure it out. Whatever it is, you got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Just don't talk to me if you you need to engage with me in that way. Stop throwing shade, please. Yeah, Yeah. because it's like, I'm like, I don't need to be, I'm not a child. I'm not a, I'm not in college athletes. I'm not a sorority. Like I've, I was hazed for a long time when I was a kid and bullied and stuff. And, like, I'm certainly not going to be bullied by some little, you know, leprechaun over here who wants to, like, sass me every time. Gosh, <laughs> see who, me. whoever are you talking about? Huh? <laughs> I'm talking about a little Irish leprechaun. Oh, I know. I know which one. He likes lucky charms. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, like, and, and, again, it could be, like, if I know that if I said anything, the only reason why I haven't is because the first thing would be is, I'm just being funny. It's because we're friends. Oh, yeah. Well, but I mean, but even that, his his brand of humor is his own coping with whatever is motivating. That. And isn't right. isn't being able to share laughter with someone a way to bond? When I was in K, I remember we were trying to get to where we were trying to go, and the professor's wife was very frustrated because it was getting dark and we were not anywhere near where we needed to be. And you know, all these people that we were with, we were staying in these different people's homes, and they're you know, it's not there's you know, there's no lights. It's the roads are terrible, like the driving situation is a little bit rougher than she's used to. So she's just a very stressed out person right right at that moment. And she was yelling at the guy who was gonna be the host for the whole thing. And she was voicing her frustrations. And I turned to the guy next to me who happened to be his son, which I didn't realize at the time, but I was like, Akuna Matata. And he was like, Akuna Matata, for real. And like, I was just like, she is. Like, yeah. And it was such a nice moment that we shared. And everyone who was in our van heard me say that, and they all died laughing. Like, oh, no. it just killed. Right. And, uh, and then she came over to our van and was like, what's going on? Like, why is everyone laughing in here? And I was like, oh, it's my fault. I told a, t- a funny joke. Like, you know, and she was like, well, what was it? I was like, oh, you wouldn't think it's funny. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right. and that made everyone else laugh again because they, you know, it was about her. And it's it's like, a great way to get everyone on the same page through humor. Yeah. So yeah. we're like, hey, we're in this together. But like, and I think a lot of comedy is like, hey, we're like, we're all looking at the same thing. Like, right. We're just going to speak it out loud. Yeah. And it's like, you know? so like, if you're on an airplane, like you can choose to get frustrated and mm-hmm. stressed out by the turbulence. Or like a little kid, you can just enjoy it and just say, "Oh, that's fun." Oh right? my goodness, it's so wild that you say that because there was a there was a father that was in the um, the aisle opposite of me, 
when I was in a plane and there was a little baby. I mean, he had to be like six or eight months old, like big enough that he could, you know, hold himself up, but not much bigger than that. And the dad was just laughing with them the whole time and like acting like they were on a roller coaster. And this infant was having the time of his little life and like, Oh my gosh! Can you imagine being a baby, being a baby in a plane? Like you can't like pop your ears. Like mm-hmm. I, as an adult, am very uncomfortable right. <laughs> in the airplane. And because of like the the you know demeanor and the joy and the laughter of the dad, the baby didn't even question it. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, we're on a plane. This is this, this is, is fun, fun. time. This yeah. is like, and they did that like the whole time. Like anytime there's like any type of movement or whatever, like whoosh whoosh, and like and the baby like, just it's brilliant. Yeah. That baby loves flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grow up to be a pilot. You know? Yeah. But, um, no, and I, I think... And like, then for me, I had a very... I mean, clearly it stuck with me because all these years later, I think about how much fun I had just watching them, you know, oh, yeah. smile and laugh. Well, and, and if you are smiling, right, it, all, it raises your mood, right? To just even just force yourself to smile for like five minutes, right? And so like if you're laughing at something, that's probably even more powerful a mood effector, right? If you have something funny to watch, certain comedian that makes you laugh... Who's that guy? Has the really dry delivery uh, with the long hair, and he's always like Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Like that guy is yeah. hilarious. Everyone likes Mitch Hedberg. Absolutely, you know? he's a he's a classic. Uh, some some comedians are a little more divisive, but like definitely a, a comedian's comedian would be like uh, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like he's he's a master comic. So probably the, the currently, I would say the I'd say he's one, the yeah. greatest of all time right now. Maybe I mean he's definitely he's a goat. Like, like he's, he's definitely a goat. up there. He's a goat for sure. So yeah. But uh, some people don't like his humor, you know, and that's okay. Well, it's interesting to me with uh, Dave Chappelle. It took a lot for him to get to a point where he like could have his own show and put that kind of humor. Yeah. There were so many things that were just socially unacceptable. And it took know? a lot for him to be able to say no to the networks, too, because they absolutely. wanted him to do things a certain way. And he said, mm-hmm. no, if it's my show, I want full creative freedom. Mm-hmm. I don't want you guys to force me to continue doing jokes that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I did that bit. I'm done. I've said everything I want to say about that. Now I want to move on and do something else. And they're like, well, no, well, this thing was really funny. And everyone, the network says that the viewership went up. And, right. And we want, you know, and he's like, no. And, you know, they're trying to stifle freedom of expression. Right. And so. And, I mean, that's, I, I respect him so much more for that. Like, you know, that's even, even more difficult. But, you know, I mean, laughter is... I mean, I guess people start laughing. What, like, how old are you? Like, three months, two months? Like, mm-hmm. it's like one of the first things you do after crying is laughter, you know, cooing and stuff. So, I mean, comedy is essentially, you know, an extension of storytelling. Right. You know, the oldest oh, thing yeah. ever. So, Definitely. you know, you think of just a more fun, creative way to keep things engaging. Well, I mean, I mean even, even like teachers, like growing up, yeah. you know, the teachers that were most oh, memorable yeah. were the ones that added humor. Because mm-hmm. I think people will remember those bits of humor sometimes more than a lesson. For yeah. sure. So. Yeah. And people will always remember you if you did something really funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they might not remember your name, but they'll remember that time that it happened. Right. Like, and I'm sure even like probably Neanderthal probably had like humor, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, you don't necessarily need language to understand comedy, but language definitely probably adds a a lot of nuance to it. Absolutely. You know? Like earlier today, this girl I know was on the scales and it read that she was uh, gross on the scale. And I said, oh, that's gross. <laughs> and she gave me this funny look like, what a mean thing to say. Like, why would you say that? But a dozen dozen is a gross. Man. And so that's how much she weighed. She Did, weighed didn't gross. say one at a time, please. Yeah, right. Really. Yeah. 
But I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny, like, because, you know, it's a play on words. But like, you just anonymized me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. There was a girl on a scale earlier. <laughs> this is why I never have to worry about you lying to me. <laughs> like, your stories, <laughs> when you get creative. Well, I was trying not to use your name, but it's okay. This girl. What about inside jokes? Ooh, anti-jokes? Inside. What are anti-jokes? So do you know what uh, is black and brown and really bad for your teeth? A brick. And you make the motion like you're gonna hit them with a brick. Yeah. Oh. I feel I feel like an anti joke is like a joke Brown that's building up and just it goes a different direction. Oh, um, like uh, why did the uh, why did the kid kid drop his ice cream cone? Because he got hit by a bus. Yeah, hit by a bus. I thought I said it was hit by a car, but yeah, hit by yeah. a bus. Yeah, that works too. So yeah. Yeah, it's like totally, and that's like part of what makes something funny is like right. someone's walking into a room and they trip, right? Mm-hmm. And then everyone laughs. It's. The, the misdirection and the, the magic of it, right? That, that right. forces everyone to laugh. It's like it's a break of break expectations. Of yeah, yeah, break of expectations. No, but what I had said was inside jokes. Oh, inside what jokes. What about inside jokes? How they like connect certain people to a time and also to a relationship and they can feel more Yeah, connected. I think yeah. that's probably really important too. So I think, you know, you could definitely have inside jokes among friends, uh, people. But one thing I love is I love TV shows or cartoons like The Simpsons where they do... I guess, you know, I'd say like very smart jokes, like, you know, they're joking about other literature, other contexts or other shows, like really subtle things where it's kind of an inside joke in a way. You know, you would, you'd only find it funny if you had a lot of other context. If you had that piece of bit right. of knowledge. Well, it's like watching, you know, a satire and not knowing what it's satirical to, you know? Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw a good tweet and it said, a girl was like, they should really do a remake of West Side Story, but put it in... Uh, Renaissance Italy in the 1400s and make it two warring families instead of gangs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's just funny. Like, you know, it's like, oh, that's really clever. Right. You know, rehashing. I like, rehashing. like, there are so many things that I don't like that people joke about, and I just will never agree that it's okay to joke about those things. But I will say I'm a fan of dark humor, and it's probably because I like. It's just, like, the pragmatic side of me or I don't know. But, like, when it's done right, that's my favorite. And, and like, so scratches a certain itch, right? It's oh, easier absolutely. to have an inside joke, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, in context, like, there might be a really dark joke that I say mm-hmm. and that you would have to know me or, you know, know whoever's delivering the joke to understand, like, um, you know, like, anything about, like, especially, like, mental health stuff. Like, some people, you know, will, like, say, like, a, you know, joke or, like, oh, yeah off myself or something and you nobody would ever worry about that person so like they could say something like that in some setting mm-hmm. but like someone like me like my <laughs> personality is so big like sometimes I can make like a dark joke and not it's not an inside joke it's in more of a like and people are like oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like is everything okay or you know it's like yes geez like I just want to tell a you know sarcastic joke or, yeah <laughs> like no, like, I think dark humor appeals even to the depressed people, you know? Oh, especially mm-hmm. for, I mean... But most... I will say, I think it, I, I do think there are definitely lines of uh, nuance that should be, like, observed and, and treated seriously. But, yeah, I don't think any, it should be, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card for just, like, we all just say really heinous things just because it can be funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that, the dark humor. And that kind of goes back to timing, right? Like, is it the right time to tell that joke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're if you're in a funeral home, maybe not, right? Maybe you should wait till you get to the parking lot, right? So, you know, there's a different, different aspects and, and who you tell a joke to, right? So uh, one of the things one of my uncles would always do when we were hanging out, because he knows I have a twisted sense of humor, he'd be like, come help me with something in the garage or something, and we 
get to be alone and he'd be like telling me these jokes that like he had heard from his buddies or something and I would tell him the jokes I'd heard from my buddies and it would be like a competition almost to see who could tell the best joke Mm -hmm. and uh, he was always really good at it because he had way more experience than I did but like it made me comfortable to express those jokes that I normally wouldn't be able to say around my family because my family is not as humorous as that like you know there are jokes that are okay and there are jokes that are not okay but then some some aspects of other jokes are, are you know it's meant to be shared privately or publicly depending on what well, and you can tell and how you talk as well because like people that grew up in an environment where it, there was like laughing and joking and stuff like are much more likely to just come out with the one-liners right like mm-hmm. if you didn't grow up with people that had that sense of humor that style or the expression you know you're probably less likely to do it but then some people uh, it's very very like interwoven into like if you're having a heart-to-heart you're going to get a couple of one-liners and it's funny because for for me and my like kind of like social anxiety like no that's not the time this is not the time <laughs> you yeah. know like but then like i grew up never hearing my parents cuss and then i would go to friends houses and they'd be talking like sailors the whole mm-hmm. time and everyone was doing it, and I was just like, oh, wow, I really shouldn't be cussing, but I also want to fit in. Yeah. And, like, I never get to say this at home, so I'm just <laughs> going to say it now. And then everyone would look at me because I would say something kind of off, like, oh, these bananas are really fucking good. <laughs> they, they, would, they would just be like, uh, all right. <laughs> so did you see those Phillies play? Oh, yeah, that asshole, that fucking dude, he didn't even I just feel like oh, I don't know what to say now. Like, I'm just gonna sit These here. are the parents that like, use profanity. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had some of those. Yeah. So. so it was just interesting. I don't know. I See, and here I was like hanging out with little kids and I was calling like, you know, my little friends like bastard and kind and stuff. Right. And like, I just, and, and my mom, I remember she like challenged me on it and she's just like, these are your friends. No, Why right. do you keep saying wow. this? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I just wanted to say it. And well, it's I thought it was a term like, of endearment. Right. <laughs> no, I knew. I knew that it was like a cutting word and I would I guess I was just being sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah she's like, like, they're your friend. You don't say those words to people. Like, you say like, <laughs> in Australia and in other places, they'll say cunt for their friends and mate for the cunts, right? So you call your mates oh, cunt and cunt's your mate. Yeah, but not a twat. Yeah. But not a twat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. But like, you know, if someone, if someone is annoying you, you'd be like, look, mate, you know. <laughs> but if what? someone you're getting along with, you'd be like, oh, you're right, good cunt, aren't you? You know, and you <laughs> yeah. just... So crazy. So, what like, is that? It's paradoxical. The more insult you, the more of a friend you are. Um, right. Movie Snatch? Yeah. 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 Like that came out in 2007. The Brad Pitt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the movie Snatch from 2007. It's so fast. I hate it. Like, I literally like couldn't understand one second of why anybody would enjoy that. And of course, like, I was friends with people that loved the movie and talked about it all the time and talked about how great it was and stuff. And, it was a good movie. Yeah. And so the, the brand. It's also a good name for a movie, Snatch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's basically just like speed talking and like occasionally saying like twat and cunt. I feel like the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean everyone's cadence is different, and then like you were saying, different cultures have different kinds of humor and things, and that's mm-hmm. definitely the hardest thing to translate is humor. Uh, there's a lot of jokes in other languages that just aren't funny. Or even you, even if you try to translate them in a way that's humorous, it just doesn't connect. Or even you know? idioms too. And idioms are that way. Or sometimes yeah. idioms can become funny because of you know. Because how ridiculous. Lack of mm-hmm. yeah. Like ping pong show, right? Like, right. You know, and you wouldn't think ping pong show would ever be funny, but if you're in Vietnam, it could be pretty funny. Yeah. So. 
one thing I always thought was interesting is like Charlie Chaplin, like reaching that global level through physical comedy. Oh, right? yeah. You know, that was a brand of comedy and like, you know, even without, you know, words or, yeah, he murdered it. Yeah, I mean, sure. that was, I mean, to me, I think that was like you know the first like modern like superstar like problem. Yeah, you know, probably. actor superstar. Yeah, everyone liked him. So mm-hmm. it's a little mustache back when it was popular. Were you? <laughs> yeah. How can a better future be manifested through laughter? This, yeah, it's choosing to see things for the brighter side of yeah. life. You know, the sunny side of life. It's I, better. It's easier. Some relief. You know. Yeah, and, to keep and you going. don't. It's good to not take yourself too seriously or your right. life too seriously because you're just a part of the universe. Right. That's that's the biggest so, thing I've gotten. It's like it. You know, it's all perspective. Are you going to take things seriously or right. are you going to laugh? You know. And also, it, yeah, it could be a missed opportunity to connect with somebody. Right. However, I think there is a time. You know, time and place. You know, like in the workplace, you you know, there's time to mm-hmm. joke and play around. There's other times to be serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we've all had some of our life before where it's like, all right, dude, like, can we take this seriously or yeah. like, quit screwing around? You know. It's good and you know here and there, but like all the time, yeah. You know, and the thing it's moderation. So no one wants someone that's serious all the time. No one wants someone that's you know going to make everything a joke in life. Right. So, but you know sometimes people's you know social cues on that can be off. Well, and the, I think what was that expression? It's like the best curve on someone is their smile. You mm-hmm. know, and I mean even Amazon uses that in their subliminal messaging with their packaging. They have mm-hmm. that arrow that's making a smile. Mm-hmm. So it's like subtly. Smiling at you. Well, but they also have the Amazon Smile, which is a charitable. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's some relationship. I'm glad they're doing some good in the world, Amazon. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of always been there, but. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. Just a lot of dentists have that campaign too. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and then they give you lollipops as you. Amazon eat. stole it from them. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of what comes to mind for me is like Patch Adams. Oh right. Yeah. Yes, we were just talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Using laughter to heal and kind of breaking the, the standards and the norms of, like, where laughter is allowed, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, it, what, didn't he start, like, the cancer, the kids? Yeah. The, the, the kids the that had cancer. Terminal yeah. illness. And everybody was like, no, you can't do that. Right. Well, and even, even the actress, um, I, her name is escaping me. I think it's Christina something. But the blonde woman um, who's the lead in Patch Adams, and she's a love interest, she has the best laugh and cry of any actress. And she was on a really long running series called Parenthood. And it was just followed like this, you know, dysfunctional family, but everyone loved each other. And yeah, it's just a really beautiful show and it's really well done. But she had, well, actually her name is Christina in the show, but she had like the best laugh and cry face. And I just loved it because even when I was a kid, like watching Patch Adams, like I knew, like I had a sense about emotional intelligence before I knew what it was. But the fact that like, I was like, this is how you should be doing life. Like, as a kid, I saw Pat Adams. I was like, this is goals. Like, this is value. Yeah. <laughs> and I think going back to, uh, I think what we were talking about earlier, like, there's a, a level of trust that you can have when you can, there are opportunities connect, to connect through laughter and humor. And then, like, you have the ability to form relationships and have more rich experiences mm-hmm. with it as well. And then maybe you're helping people and you're helping mm-hmm. yourself. So mm-hmm. I think the answer is just keep smiling and laughing. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's important to add the the caveat when it's honest, right? Because, like, I think that one of the most toxic things in our culture and pop psychology is this perception that everything should be laughing and smiling all the Mm -hmm. time. Not Mm -hmm. creating space for other things. And Mm -hmm. then really, like, you're just that immature person at the party that, you know, is constantly cracking jokes at other people's expenses and coming across like a bully and, or, you know, just a bit of a dick. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, like, you don't want to go too far in either direction. But so long as it's honest, you know, like, I try to share my smile. Like, if I've ever been, like, job searching and needed to give my own self a boost, I'd go to places, like, you know, that had cashiers, just buy a couple little things that I needed and just spread it out through a few stores just so I could, like, kind of laugh and smile and interact with people and just, like, bring out my own mojo and then, you know, hopefully. And I've always tried to do that um, in fast food, like, drive throughs Like, I never try to, like, be funny or make jokes because, you know, like, people that don't, don't get paid a lot of don't waste their time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but, like, it, if I can be, like, very pleasant or, you know, very, like, hospitable to them, like, I, I feel good about those interactions because I know so many people aren't. Right. And so. And so gracious. To, I don't think it's gracious. I mean, I just know that if I would be, if if my personal self had to be in that specific job, I would innately not be happy doing it. <laughs> even if no one was mad at me, even if no one was mean to me. And especially knowing like how, you know, cruel some people are and some yeah. people just go some out on a mission really to yeah. yeah, and have somebody come through that like makes you crack a, a smile or a laugh. Like, yeah, that's really valuable. And yeah, and maybe they end up day. with a little extra meat on their, their bun. Who who knows, right? You know, these things happen. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was thinking about Arby's for some reason in my head and I got yeah, um, a pre pandemic I sandwich and it had like this really good bacon like a bunch of bacon and roast beef and stuff and I got all the way home um with the bacon or with the sandwich and it was only bacon like they didn't put any roast beef on it and so I just had like a big bacon sandwich and that was like my you know when it's gonna snow or ice and you get like your emergency food and stuff Mm. it was like my pre-pandemic meal so I was like this is the last time I'm gonna eat in a fast food restaurant (laughs) before well, it's only 14 days to flatten the curve. Yeah, yeah. well, and then so days. I got home and I like had like a, basically two pieces of bread with three pieces of bacon. 2027. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten my 12th uh, booster shot. It's fine. Yeah. It's no big deal. I'll go ahead and say Arby's is highly underrated. Arby's is really amazing. <laughs> I mean, they've got the meats yeah. at Arby's. So. Really this good podcast not brought to you by Arby's, but we're, we're open. <laughs> <laughs> What would your life look like with a little more humor? How might our perspectives change if we took things a little less seriously? Do you use laughter as a therapeutic tool? Do you embrace the times of great laughter with friends and loved ones? There's a lot to laughter that we take for granted. Hey, let's change that. Try gathering some friends and see just how many of them you can get a shuckle out of. I think my social anxiety wouldn't flare as bad if I approached situations this way. Instead of worrying and cycling on what people could think of me or vibes I could run into, with this new mindset focusing on laughter, I feel a bit freer. One step in the right direction, it feels thinking about the whole group or just one person laughing instead of dwelling on potential doom that could be. I like it. Well, that's all for now, folks. We'll see you in the new year.